The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. It is so nice to have you here. I hope you are enjoying the holiday season. I know many of you all have at least a limited or more relaxed work schedule coming up this coming week, so I'm hoping everybody's in a good mood, unless you're in retail, and I know that so this week probably stinks for you because just it sucks to be in retail in general, and I sympathize with you folks. But for those of you who are sort of relaxing this week as it's the holiday season, uh, congrats to making it to the end of the year, and I hope you enjoy this episode this week. It's just me this week. David is out doing the Christmas thing, taking the time off that is well-deserved because dude works hard. He actually is having a good time. He just texted me as I was about to start recording this to tell me he is going to see what movie? Rogue One, of course, again. If you have seen this, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that Dave loves himself some Star Wars and he was completely useless during last week's episode when he was sitting across from me. I was getting nothing from him in terms of content because he was just so obsessed with Star Wars. He wanted to talk about Rogue One every minute of the podcast, and he was just useless, useless to me. So where, of course, is he today going to see Rogue One? And he'll probably see it. He's seen it three times already, and he's going to see it again tonight, and he's probably going to see it a bunch more times. And now as I'm saying that, I'm probably realizing that that was a private text from Dave that he told me he was going to see Rogue One, and I probably shouldn't have revealed that text on the air, but there we go. Damage is done. I do miss the guy. I hope to have him here again soon. I can't wait to start the podcasts up uh, next year with him again. I'm actually staring across the table from my Christmas present to him. I got him a little present for Christmas. It is sitting on his chair. And I don't know if he listens to the episodes where he's not in, so he might not know that his Christmas present is sitting in his chair here in the studio, but I'm looking right at it. So if you're listening, Dave, uh, when you come back for the next episode, there's a Christmas present waiting for you, and you can let everybody know what it is when you come back. But um, let's see, housekeeping. I'm not used to doing this by myself. I'm kind of out of sorts here. Okay, housekeeping. Uh, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play. We just got onto Google Play, so that's pretty exciting. If you are an Android kind of person, I think that's what Google Play is for. But if that's where you get your podcasts, uh, Google Play, that's where you go. You can you can contact the podcast at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Follow my Co-host in abstentia, Metal Dave 85. That's where you can find him at Metal Dave 85. Uh, you can email us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. And if you do that, that could be a great opportunity for you to bring us some show questions. If there's something that you want to ask us, whether it's music industry related, DIY artist related, or just you want us to talk about something pop culture related and you want us to kind of make that the content, that's where you can go to propose show ideas for us or just ask questions or criticize us, whatever. Breakthebusiness at gmail.com. And uh, we hope to hear from you. So a uh, quick, another piece of uh, cool note coming up in the new year. I'm going to be speaking at the National Association of Music Merchants Conference, January 19 to 22nd in Anaheim, California. If you are going to that conference, uh, you can check out my talk. I'm going to be speaking about negotiating record deals in the new music industry. It's something, of course, that you know by listening to this podcast that I'm 
pretty passionate about and, you know, definitely on the anti-label side. But that should be a good talk for you. I know a lot of great artists go to that and give showcases, so I'm excited to meet some of those very talented musicians. I love meeting the artists at NAM. They're always so good. And uh, I hope some of them top, stop by my talk. Again, that's the NAM conference in Anaheim, California, January 19th to 22nd. I'm speaking on the 22nd. Wow, God, it's less than a month away. I just realized, ooh, God, I really, I really should get around to start writing my talk. I have less than a month to do it. Good Lord. Anyway, if you're coming, come say hi. Oh, and Merry Christmas, of course. It is the weekend of Christmas, but I didn't want... I'm actually speaking to you on Christmas Day. I'm Bob Cratcheting it right now, working on Christmas. But I wanted to get an episode out to you, because I know that you all like to listen on the weekend, and I didn't want to deprive it of you. So we did the gift thing. Uh, most of my... You know, got my wife a gift. My wife got me a gift. And then the both of us got most of our gifts, uh, gave many, many gifts to Molly, our dog, because Molly is the greatest dog ever. And... Like any parents, um, all the gifts tend to go to children and not to us. So we we gave Molly all sorts of gifts. She's playing with them on the floor right now. Um, she actually, it's a bummer. She uh, she got spayed uh, this past week on Monday. So she she got fixed. And so she's wearing one of those giant surgery cones, the cones of shame, if you've ever seen the movie Up. And she's miserable. She hates it. She wants to, she's trying to get it off at every turn. And we've sort of used it to our advantage because we had her wearing this ugly Christmas sweater for some holiday pictures. And because she was wearing the cone, she couldn't bite the sweater off. So it worked out really well for us. We got a few of those pictures in. But she's miserable because she loves, she's an athlete, she's an athlete this dog. She loves to run. She loves to swim. She loves to retrieve, obviously, golden retriever. And she can't do any of that with this damn cone on. And all the gifts we got from family and from us are all fetching related and swimming related and retrieving related and she can't use any of them uh, for another week and a half until this damn cone comes off and so it's it's a brutal christmas i told my wife it's like getting a car for your 15th birthday and you can't drive it for a year anyway uh, i hope she returns to health soon and uh, when she does we'll send you some cool pictures of of her out just being an awesome dog because molly's the coolest anyway uh since it is the weekend of Christmas, I did want to get an episode out for you, but it is just me in the studio, so I'm here. But you should also know, uh, brace yourself, this is the last show of the year. We take New Year's Eve off uh, because I work a ton on New Year's Eve. Uh, I work the, uh, I guess I can tell you guys this. I, I tend not to talk too much about my practice, but I'm pretty excited for this. I, I work on the uh, Pitbull's New Year's Revolution show every year at Bayfront Park in Miami. And so the last two weeks of my life are pretty damn busy with New Year's Eve stuff. And we work very hard to make sure that show is a great show on the Fox network. So you can check that out. But that's what I'm going to be doing all next week, making sure that nothing goes wrong on New Year's Eve. And so no episode this week, that week, episode this week, obviously, because I'm here. No episode next week, but uh, we'll start up again in 2017, ready to give you some great uh, content. And we're excited for that. But right now we got a show and it is a good one. This is going to be a great episode, a great way to close the year off. So it's the holiday season and people want to feel good. People want to be inspired. People want to feel wonderful uh, at the coming of the new year and all the holiday season and all that good stuff. And so if you want to feel good, if you want to feel inspired, we're going to make that happen for you on this episode because of the guest we have coming in next. Her name is Mandy Harvey. And let me give you a background on Mandy Harvey. So for starters, the first thing you should know about Mandy 
is she is a fantastic indie artist. She represents everything about the kind of artistry and ability and talent and grit and guts that we try to emphasize and celebrate on this show. She is a phenomenal singer-songwriter, Mandy Harvey. She's a jazz singer, but she has a lot of great pop songs, too, and so that's something to enjoy about her. Um, Here's another thing about Mandy Harvey. Uh, She is deaf. Mandy Harvey... Yeah, let that sink in. Mandy Harvey lost her hearing at the age of 18. She's uh, in her late 20s now. But despite losing her hearing at the age of 18, uh, she has gone on to become a performing artist in music. Uh, She has created three albums of music since losing her hearing at the age of 18. And she was not a recording artist before she lost her hearing. This wasn't one of these things where she was already a recording artist. She lost her hearing and decided to continue that career. She lost her hearing she and decided afterward because she loved music so much and because she was still so good at it to become a performing recording artist and and man she's good she's so so good and listening to her talk which she's going to be doing in this next segment about her experience and the obstacles she's overcome and the things she's been able to do and the amazing music she's been able to create it's going to inspire you you're going to love it and And she's truly an artist. And in an interesting way, I would submit to you that her deafness is actually artistry in itself. Uh, Let me give you an example. When you hear her sing certain songs, they can take on an incredible new meaning when through her unique voice, when you consider the context of her story. For example, you can check out a song that she made. uh, She's done a cover of uh, What a Wonderful World, the popular jazz standard Louis Armstrong and she has performed that song, and, and when she performs it, it takes on a completely new dimension. You know, when she sings about, I see trees of green, red roses too, I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, it takes on a whole new dimension when you realize that the song is being sung by somebody for whom sight is the way they have to primarily experience the wonderfulness of the world. And... And it's just such a powerful rendition. So uh, we obviously can't play one or one of her rendition of What a Wonderful World on this podcast because, you know, copyright and law and all that stuff. But I encourage you to give it a listen on your own time because, I mean, it's become my favorite rendition of that song. And I think it just might be yours, too. It's She's really good. And, and um, I, it is a pleasure to interview her on this show, and I can't wait to share it with you because in the end... This show is a celebration of the independent artist, the artist entrepreneur who does things their own way, who sits at the top of the pyramid, who's in full control of their destiny. And we love indie artists around here because we know that it's an exciting way to pursue your creative ambitions. And in this era, in the era of YouTube, in the era of Spotify, in the era of social media, of CD Baby and TuneCore and of crowdfunding programs like Kickstarter and Patreon. We live in an era where the creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising involved in music is now something that's within the reach of all artists. This was not the case 20 years ago. And as a result of the fact that all of these things are within the reach of today's artists, you don't need groups like major record labels to get your music off the ground. You can be in full control of your career and not be exploited by these big content providers. And... It's an exciting time. 
And so on this show, we each week we try to give you some more tips and share with you some news to kind of allow you, the indie artist, to be at the top of your game and to achieve all the things you can achieve. But make no mistake, it's not easy. And I don't need to tell you that as an indie artist, but it's not easy. It's, it's tough out there. And there's going to be a lot of obstacles for you to experience along the way. And that's why I wanted to interview Mandy Harvey this week, because it is tough out there. And I wanted you to hear from somebody who knows a thing or two about overcoming adversity. This interview is going to motivate you. It's going to inspire you. And it is my pleasure to share her insight with you. I'm convinced that she's going to become a huge star someday. And it is such a thrill to be able to share her with you as she continues that rise to the top. I don't speak with hyperbole when I tell you that this interview changed my life. And I think it's going to change yours too. And so I'm glad that you are here and I'm glad you get to listen to this because this is going to be really, really cool. So here we go. Mandy Harvey coming up next on the Break the Business podcast. Get inspired. Happy holidays. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is a Colorado-based jazz singer-songwriter and motivational speaker who has been featured on NBC Nightly News, CNN's Great Big Story, and in the Los Angeles Times, and has performed at the Kennedy Center. Despite losing her hearing at the age of 18, she decided to begin what has now become a successful career in music that has led her to creating three acclaimed albums— her latest release is All of Me, which is available on iTunes and on her website, MandyHarveyMusic.com. You can find her on Facebook at Mandy Harvey Music and on Twitter at Mandy Harvey Jazz. Ladies and gentlemen, Mandy Harvey is on the Break the Business podcast. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really honored to be here. Uh, we're honored to have you. Mandy, a listener actually brought you to my attention, and I want to tell you this story. All this listener did for me was just play your song, Try, for me, and didn't tell me anything else about the song. And I heard it, and I said, she's really, really good. Incredible voice, powerful songs, she's going to be a star. And then the listener said to me, would you believe me if I told you that she was deaf? I was shocked. You've been you've been interested in music throughout your life, Mandy, and it was even your initial college major, but I was shocked to find out that you didn't decide to become a professional recording artist until after you lost your hearing in college. What caused you to embrace this career after you lost your hearing? My motivation was always music education. I wanted to be a choral director, and I was one of those people who would like shake and cry and throw up and pass out at auditions. I hated people staring at me. I was very, very, very antisocial. And so choir directing and being a part of the education process was a natural place for me to fit in. 
But when I lost my hearing, I couldn't do that anymore. So it stripped me of my identity and I kind of was lost for a long time. And I found a way back into doing music. And the only way that I could actually be a part of music was to perform it. And so once I went through my biggest fear, which was always losing my hearing, singing in front of people just didn't seem as scary anymore. And I just started singing at uh, clubs for the open mic nights. And then I started to become a feature for those places and then started having my own concerts and then made my first album and then started touring. And it just kind of went from there. Uh, Mandy, pardon me if this question comes off as indelicate because it is certainly not meant that way. But when I hear your songs, and I know that these songs are being performed by a person who literally cannot hear her music, at least not in the conventional sense, it seems impossible to me. How practically, practically, are you able to create music? How do you keep time with music? How can you find the starting note of a song? Oh, it, you know, it's funny because people think I'm a magician. Really, it's, it's a lot of math. So I have a visual tuner that helps me find middle C every day and then I do my scales and center myself so that I understand where my pitch is. I have a natural ability to have near perfect pitch anyway. Um, I've had that before I lost my hearing. So I use that perfect pitch and that muscle memory and visual tuners to sing notes appropriately and then memorize my start and stopping notes for each song. Then when I'm playing those songs, I can feel the rhythm on my skin or in, in my, on my body. And so I just follow the tempo that way and trust myself. Uh, so it, it's a lot of interval memorization. So like, all right, this is a perfect fourth, this is a third. And then you just keep going throughout the whole song. It's just a lot of math. Wow. <laughs> and so you can feel, you can feel kind of the, the rhythm, I guess, like a thumping of a bass. How do you hear kind of the higher register notes? You, you don't. Um, so for for singing purposes or for feeling music? For feeling music. In, for feeling music, if I'm doing stuff with other instruments that I can't necessarily feel very well, because I perform with my shoes off, so I can feel a lot more through the floor than most people pay attention to. And then um, for pianos, for a long time, I used to put my hand on them so that I could feel them better. But now I've gotten so used to feeling it through the floor. But some instruments are just ridiculous. Uh, they're very, very, very soft or too far away. And so you just have to watch them. And then they keep time with you. So I'll start the song, I'll lay down the tempo, and then I just count measures. And then they look at me when it's my turn to come in. So I know they're going to do an instrumental overlay for eight measures. And then I come in on the downbeat. So I just sit there and I watch them and I count one measure, two measure, three. And, and then until they look at me, I come right back in. Mandy, your explanation sounds very nonchalant. This is <laughs> what you're, what you're explaining is completely insane. Somebody should make a movie about this. I can't. <laughs> It seems really simple to me. I, I guess I, cause I've been doing it for so long. But it's just like, yeah, it's just counting. I don't know why that's so hard. I mean, I, I think we've gotten to a point in society where we rely too much on certain abilities. You know, you 
can hear. So as you're learning music, you listen to the music and that's how you've memorized it. But if that's not the way that you memorize music, I mean, there's so many other options for you. You, you can, you're limiting yourself by only experiencing music with sound. Take your shoes off and feel the music to the floor. Pay attention to your musicians. Have eye contact. There's so much communication that goes on, especially with a band, that if all you're doing is listening, you're missing it. Like 90% of all the communication that you could have, you're just ignoring. Wow. That is spectacular. Um, I, I want to take you back to when you were in college and you started to lose your hearing. What was the darkest moment for you during that time? And how were you able to overcome that dark period? I, I, I would say most of that entire year was a, just a, a never-ending dark period. I started school... And a month in, I couldn't understand my teachers talking anymore. So I started doing tests on my hearing, and I thought I had an ear infection, and I had lost 30, 40 decibels in a month. And by Christmas, I was getting fitted for hearing aids. January, I was using hearing aids and starting a new semester with a hope that my hearing aids were going to save me, and they didn't. And I, I would say the worst day... I was sitting in music theory class for a dictation test. So you're listening to a pianist play and you're charting it out. And I sat there and I was watching everybody else's pencils moving and just waiting for the test to start. But everybody was just doing the test. I couldn't hear the test even at all and I just sat there and one by one everybody stood up and left and I just was staring at my piece of paper and I had nothing written on it and that was the day I was dropped from the music program and I lost myself in that moment everything I had ever believed about myself the only thing I had ever been good at was music and the only thing I had a passion for was music being a music teacher was who I was I had everything planned in my life and no other direction and so once your identity is gone I mean you're just left with what I I didn't know who I was anymore and I didn't have any any desire to really find out anything else I could do because I was just in mourning as far as getting out of it I bits and pieces of me never really will you know, it's the, like the death of a loved one. Every day, that death is still there. But you learn to appreciate the good times and you remember the happy moments. And some days are harder than others, but you learn to not allow it to consume your every thought. But there will be pieces of me that are still stuck in college that will never come home. I will... I will never, I will never experience those moments again. So, so many artists find their inspiration in creating music in the music of others. Many artists have influencers and I'm guessing at least since college, you, you cannot say that you have a musician's music who influences you, but is it safe to say that you are 
that you find your inspiration from the challenges you face, that what you have had to overcome finds its way into the music that you make? Yeah, I mean, the last artist that I've listened to was back in 2006. I grew up listening to the 60s and 70s music and jazz. Um, but I stopped listening to pop and really anything new back in 2006. So I don't have anybody else's voice that I'm trying to imitate. I'm not trying to sound like somebody else. I'm not trying to play instruments like somebody else. I'm also not getting challenged by listening to something that I really want to imitate. You know, I'm just relying on my own experiences in my own life and my own stories. And so for the really the longest time, I just stuck with what I knew, you know, playing jazz songs that I have loved forever. And then with time and with confidence, I started learning new songs um, that were tried and true, but they were new to me. And that was scary and difficult. And then after a while, people asked me, why aren't you writing your own music? And I was like, you're insane. It's one thing to play a song that you can't hear, but other people have heard. It's something else to sing a song nobody has heard. You know, there's there's no reference guide to playing a song you can't hear. And you're writing a song completely blind. Is It's absolutely terrifying. So the only thing I can do is try to express a moment the best way I can and move on. Well, what you have said gives rise to two questions that I'm very interested in finding out. Uh, the first of which is, and perhaps I'm guessing is the easier question, how does one learn new songs? You know, you know, how does one cover songs that they cannot hear? Is it a matter of reading sheet music? A lot of it's sheet music. It's sheet music and, and reading lyrics. I actually read the lyrics first and try to get an understanding of what this artist is trying to portray. What, what emotion are they trying to evoke? And then I'll look up the sheet music and use my visual tuner to make sure that I'm singing it correctly in sight read. And a lot of the times when I'm learning a new song, the melody line and the lyrics lead me to have it sung in a certain way. And I find out that I'm completely wrong with the actual intention of the song. There have been several up-tempo songs that just seem like ballads and certain ones that I would assume, you know, should be, a, you know, one way or another. And it's completely different. But... I just kind of analyze them piece by piece and come up with the best thing I can. And then I'll have other people play it for me so I visually can look at it. But it's the same way with having a conversation with you right now. It seems very ordinary, but your everything that you say is just a text message that's coming over my phone. So how do you understand their emotion if all you see is text and notes on sheet music, you, you don't always get that clear picture. If you started talking excitedly, my phone's just going to say words that doesn't necessarily say excited, you know, or sad. So I get to create that emotion based off of how I feel and how I would feel if I said those words. 
And I would say to you that that is an artistry all of its own to communicate a song without the benefit of having to hear it from others. And when I listen to some of your covers, I mean, it's really imaginative. I mean, your take on some of these songs is it's a real pleasure to hear. Well, thank you. And so I think, I think that it can be fun. It can also be a hindrance, I think in some regards, because you get stuck trying to sound like somebody else instead of what you want to be, you know, or how you want to express things. So I think in a way I, I kind of have the benefit that I don't, I don't have all these other voices in my head changing how I think it should be. I would feel inclined to agree with that, that you basically took the words out of my mouth there. And now I can't, I want to ask the second of the two questions, which is, can you explain to me your songwriting process? How do you write original songs without the benefit of not only hearing what you're playing, but you know the other musicians you work with to collaborate with without being able to hear them? What does that look like? Oh, this is gonna this is gonna hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, most of the songs that I've written, I wrote in five minutes. Um, I just sit down and just sing a song out from start to finish and, and record it on my phone and, and leave it as it is. Um, You're a superhero. Really <laughs> oh, no, uh, uh, it just sometimes works out that way. Um, other times, very, very rarely does it not work out that way for me. But um, there are other times what I do is I, I have a an audio recorder, just a simple app on my phone that I have on there all the time. And then if I think of a, like a jingle or I think of a sentence or something, I just record it into that phone. And then I send it to a couple of my musician friends who have working equipment and uh, they chart it out for me so that I know, I know what it is that I, I did later because once I put it in a recording on my phone, and think of anything else, it's gone as if it never existed. And there's nothing that you can do to pull it back into my memory. So when I'm writing a song, I just write a song from start to finish and sing it over and over and over again, trying to remember it. And then I'll record it as I'm doing it. Um, so that if I wake up tomorrow and I can't remember it, uh, at least I have proof of it so that somebody else can transcribe it for me and relearn it the way that I had been singing. Wow. And so now you've talked about that there, that you collaborate with others to help bring your songs to life. And so expanding on that, um, can you talk about some of the people in your life, either with, either, sorry, either in or outside of music that have been instrumental in helping you achieve what you have in your career? Yeah, I I have so many friends and family that they they weren't even looking for helping in me in my career. They were just helping me to breathe on my own again. Um, they they just wouldn't let me go. They wouldn't allow me to become so spiraled into depression that I just did nothing with my life anymore. They were constantly pushing me to do things that I never would have done before. Um, my dad actually was the guy who told me that I should learn a song and play it 
on the guitar with him because him and I used to play guitar together all the time. And I thought that was ridiculous. And that opened the door for me to even realize that I could still carry a tune even without hearing it. And that pushed me to meet with my old vocal coaches and they pushed me to start singing live. And that pushed me to do one thing, which pushed me to do something else. And there's a gentleman named Eric uh, Weimeyer. He's the blind man who's climbed Mount Everest. And he's a friend of mine. And he's the guy who asked me why I was afraid to write music and kind of pushed me to take on that adventure. So there's been so many people who have helped me along the way. It would take far too much <laughs> to list them all, but I'm, I'm surrounded. I'm completely surrounded by people who refuse to let me be lazy. <laughs> well, I imagine people are drawn to you just because they find you so darn inspiring. Um, I mean, yeah. I, after speaking with you, I kind of feel like I can run through a wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, you, you can, whether or not you can survive it's a completely other question. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. You can do it. <laughs> I don't know what your wife would think. That's... Right, right, Mandy. I'm going to get that email next. Be like, you my husband run through a wall. I was like, did I? <laughs> well, speaking of motivation, um, I do want to talk a bit about the work you do as a motivational speaker. And I kind of want to benefit from that expertise here. And I want to ask, based on what you've gone through in your own life, do you have any general advice for the listeners out there who might be overcoming their own forms of adversity on how they can overcome obstacles in their own life? Um, oh my gosh, there's so many different things that I want to say. I, I think that we have an understanding about who we think we are, that we created limitations to what we think is possible. We look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to everybody around us and we create this understanding of what we're capable of. And I, I feel like that's wrong, that we're so much more capable, that we have so much more to give than just one thing. I think that especially as a musician or a person who's dealing with some kind of barrier that it's so easy to give up when something gets difficult and to say, well, this is impossible. Is it impossible or is it that we're just looking at it in a way that's not full to, to really analyze what your dreams are and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. How important is it to you? And what are you willing to do to get there? Can you say that you're giving 110% if you just give up, you know, I, I get so frustrated. I see all these people who want to accomplish amazing things, broken, non-broken, happy, sad. It doesn't really matter. We all have a story. We all have something that we're going to overcome. And the hardest thing to overcome is ourselves. We're convincing ourselves that we're not good enough. We're convincing ourselves that we can't do it. We're convincing ourselves that it's impossible to do when we just need to tell our brains to shut up say, all right, it's not possible to do it this way. Okay, there are going to be a million different ways to accomplish this goal. 
I've just found out one way not to do it. Let's try a different way. If it's important to you, you can do it. All right. Now I might have to run through a second wall. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully not a brick one, at least this time. I'll find a nice particle board wall to, to try this with. No, that's uh, terrific. And now I know all of the listeners right now are quite curious and are excited to hear some of your musical creations. And I want to play one on the show right now. This is off your latest work, uh, Try, or sorry, the latest yeah. album, All of Me. The song is called Try. Uh, do you want to tell the folks a little bit about this song and what inspired it? Yeah, this is a based off of a conversation that I had with Eric, and he and I are ambassadors for a nonprofit called No Barriers, which is what's within you is stronger than what's in your way. And he asked me why I wasn't writing music, what's in my way. And for me, it was fear and not accepting myself as I was now, you know. And so the song is admitting that I'm not where I want to be. I'm not able to do the things that I wish I could do. I'm not anywhere where I thought I would be but I don't want to be stagnant anymore. I want to try. I want to put in the effort. I want to accept and love myself. And I, I want to take baby steps towards a new beginning, whatever that beginning may be. Wow. That's what that song's about. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, now we're going to play it right now on the Break the Business podcast. Here is Try by Mandy Harvey.
of her latest album all of me that was try by mandy harvey here on the break the business podcast mandy thank you so much for letting us play that on the show that was terrific i'm glad that you liked it oh i hope that you liked it oh oh, i very much did and i'm sure everyone did as well Uh, because i know people want to find out more about you after listening to this interview where can people find you on social media and on the internet in general i'm pretty easy to find um, mandyharveymusic.com I'm very active on Facebook, so Mandy Harvey Music. So if you do Facebook and then you do that backslashy thing, um, Twitter, Mandy Harvey Jazz. I like Instagram if you want to see my fishing photos. Um, I'm I'm here, there, and everywhere. If you forget who I am, you can always look up Deaf Singer. You'll find me. <laughs> um, and before now, before we let you go, and believe me, this has been a treat. And I could talk to you uh, for hours because this has just been such an illuminating and motivating and inspiring interview. But uh, last question, and we ask it to every guest we have on this show. Do you have any last advice for the indie artist listeners who listen to this show on how they can move their careers forward? Yes. Ask yourself the question, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Sometimes your answer is just being a part of music, and that opens so many doors. You don't have to be just a vocalist. You don't have to be just a performer. There are so many aspects of music to be a part of, and if one dream doesn't work out, especially in music, there are so many different avenues to go down and so many other worlds to explore in music. So. If you have the motivation and you have the love for music, just because you can't do one aspect of it doesn't mean that your career is over. It just means that you need to look at things a little differently and try something new. Well, you have been a phenomenal example of just that, Mandy. It has been a pleasure having you on. Please don't be a stranger. We want to have you on many, many times going forward. Yeah, I'm here. You let me know. All right. Uh, We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry, available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Mandy Harvey for joining us this week. Be sure to check out her album, All of Me, available now. I got an idea. All of you listening, all of you within the hearing distance of the sound of my voice, let us just all go onto iTunes, 
and just buy a bunch of her stuff. Let's just buy, download her stuff, and let's, as a Christmas present to her, let her start 2017 with just a fat bank account uh, just because she's amazing and she deserves it. And when, as I listen back on that interview again, I'm inspired all over again. It's she's just wonderful. And every song that I've heard of hers is a masterpiece. She has a beautiful voice. It stays with you. It's, it's just wonderful. And, and again, I feel motivated, uh, when I talk to her and when I hear her story and I want to have her on again and again, and, uh, we intend to. And so I hope we can hear from her many times over. As we said in the first segment, this is our last episode of the year. Dave and I are taking New Year's off. Well, not taking it off. We both work really hard over New Year's, but we will not be podcasting this New Year's. Uh, but we will see you again in 2017, first week of January. We will be here for you playing some great podcasts. We got some fantastic guests slated for 2017, and we are excited to share them with you. And of course, there'll be plenty of music business advice and plenty of pop culture talk. And sometime in 2017, I'm sure another Star Wars movie is going to come out and Dave's going to want to talk about it. And all that's coming up next year. And let me say this, on behalf of Dave and I, we just want to say thank you for just making this such a fantastic year for the Break the Business podcast. This has been so much fun. I have enjoyed the heck out of this, and Dave has as well. This has actually been our first full year for the podcast. We started this about a year and a half ago, give or take. We've put in about 60-something episodes, maybe a little less than a year and a half. But this is our first full year, our first January to December, and it has been so much fun. It has been both a pleasure and a privilege doing this for you all. And we sincerely hope that you stay with us uh, in the new year and continue listening, continue supporting us. And to ensure that, we want you to reach out to us and let us know what we can do to make this show as best as it can be for you. What content can we give that can serve you better? Uh, What sort of topics do you want us to discuss? You know, let's make this a dialogue. I got in this and Dave got in this to help indie artists. Well, Dave also got in this to talk about science fiction, but I got in this primarily to help indie artists. And so I want to hear from you on how we can make this show as good as it can possibly be. And I imagine a a start is to have more folks like Mandy Harvey on who are just the best. Um, But, you know, keep in touch. Uh, Again, you can reach out to us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. That's where you can email us. Or just uh, shoot me a message on Twitter. I'm at Ryan K-A-I-R. My co-host can be found at MetalDave85. You follow us, we follow right back, and uh, it seems like a great way for us to keep the conversation going. So again, on behalf of my co-host and I, thank you so much for a fantastic year. We will see you in 2017 on the Break the Business Podcast. (laughs) 